Hey guys, before we start the show, I just want to give a quick shout out to another podcast. Hey, don't forget to check out the Pacific War Podcast week by week in association with Kings and Generals. Hey, and don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so I can feed my two feathery co-hosts. You are listening to the Pacific War Channel's podcast. If you wish to see the video version of these podcasts, go to the Pacific War Channel on YouTube. Welcome back to the Pacific War Podcast, where I am joined yet again by my friend Ian. Hello there, thank you for having me. And we are not filming this immediately after the last podcast, and we are not on beer number five or something. Julian! I don't know where I felt like I could get a little drink around here, do you, bud? No. Hey, no. I was just going to emphasize because it's going to be a slower one. But uh, for in the, the last hour. Yeah. This one's going to be a bit more exciting, I think. I think this yeah. is the big question that I got the most from the Kings and Generals Discord community. And this is pretty much where this is all coming from. They bombarded me with questions such as what if Japan attacked USSR during Operation Barbarossa? Shut the fuck up. Know your fucking place, trash. What if Pearl Harbor never happened? And today we're going to talk about what if Japan won the Battle of Midway? Oh, this is exciting. This one is the rabbit hole question. We're going to go into a lot of alternate history. And uh, as with the previous podcast for these what if episodes, we'll call them. We're first going to do a, a part one. Like what happened? What, what really is the Battle of Midway? How did it go down? You know, why is it significant, etc. The things that we've all pretty much we all know, but we have to go through it. Part two, what do we think is going to happen that sees you know japan win the battle of midway and number part three is basically like what happens to global history what happens to the pacific war afterwards is this significant might be surprising for the audience members i had to do a lot of research that's why i have my trusty mm -hmm. laptop in front of me for you audio listeners i do have a youtube version of this if you want to see our ugly mugs this is a tougher one because it does get way more hypothetical because all of a sudden we do have two different moving pieces in pearl harbor it was just what could the Japanese have done different? Because, I mean, the States was going to get hit irregardless. Like, there's nothing they could really have done differently to prepare themselves for Pearl Harbor. But all of a sudden, Midway, you got two, uh, two carrier fleets. I mean, we have to come up with theories for both of them. I think one of the most interesting things that I found was the war gamers today, modern uh, historians who looked at it, when they ran a hundred battles of midway they found that 90 times out of 100 the united states loses as you would suppose given certain variables like you know the code breaking is a big one and that's pretty much how it should have gone down if you think about it it yeah. should have been a uh, on paper this is a huge loss to the united states how are they going to match up to the force that's coming at them think about like air assets just available in the that theater yeah so midway a lot of air assets on the ground. The land-based aircraft. High altitude bombers. Didn't I, really make a difference. The high no, altitude bombers sucked against they aircraft. All missed. Yeah. I mean, the United States had the torpedo issue. Uh, they had pilots didn't know how to dive bomb properly compared to the Japanese. You know, that's another one. Uh, high altitude bombers proved ineffective, as the Japanese will find out for themselves in a lot of battles. Let's get right into it. What happened? How do? How do? Okay, let's go off of what happened. Like, 
how did the Americans technically win midway? Uh, Number one, let's just, uh, people who haven't seen like the the Midway movie, for example, actually does a good job of showing us the code breakers. Uh, Most significant reason why the United States won was because they were able to pull the Japanese into a trap and know their positions and what assets they had. As the Japanese are laying a trap for the Americans, the Americans use that trap to set their own trap. And (laughs) it's like, it's true. It's a trap of a trap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trap. If uh, people don't know the story, it was Station Hypno with uh, Joseph Rochefort. Although, uh, like in my podcast, oh my God, I'll talk about this very quick. Doing the podcast for Kings and Generals. Um, for my American audiences, when an American has a French last name, you don't know if they pronounce it in the French way. Or... I would have said Rochefort. It's like you never know until they say it. It's like, you know, with uh, Chenault, Chenault. <laughs> it would be in French if you say Chenault the uh, you know flying tigers captain it's, it's mm. people like that and you don't never know how to pronounce anyways i'm going to get off that tangent well rushford at station hypo they break the code and then they you know put that sneaky little message in like they're saying oh midway doesn't have enough water and they put that message into the void the japanese pick it up and the japanese are like oh that's our you know we're, we're gonna go for a blah, blah blah and then they realize okay so the japanese target for this operation is going to be midway they figure it out if we come from the northeast they're not going to expect it because they expect our carriers down here and i love that scene in midway they they did a good job with that where it was just like a a captain or a lieutenant in their what if scenario as they're doing the war game and different uh um different end game scenarios of midway and he started his scenario with the american carriers are coming from the northeast and it was they they obliterated well, the, the it's, japanese it's the foreshadowing side. right of everything yeah. it's, and it's everyone was like no there's no way that would happen i guess for this premise to be successful the japanese are under the impression they know okay we're not gonna jump ahead but yes okay I guess I, i'm sorry because i mean that that has to be the biggest implicator but you know for the battle of midway for those who, who aren't alive <laughs> who don't know about it uh it was a significant naval battle took out a large part of the japanese carrier fleet like the big birth of it excuse me the illustrious kido butai thought of yeah. as invincible at mm-hmm. the time the americans were scared shitless of it as they should have been yeah and no one had gone up against the kido butai and survived and all the veteran pilots who could potentially be used to train future pilots for the japanese empire a lot of them are lost and actually the ones who survive midway are treated terribly and cast out which is an odd thing a lot of them end up oddly in positions where they couldn't do much more it's a, it's a side issue but uh basically we're, we're seeing the loss of a large amount of carriers for the japanese uh, it's ultimately, a failure ultimately four 350 aircraft if i'm not mistaken are taken down yeah uh, the united states does most not of them because of... they have nowhere to land the united states does not come out of this unscathed mind you they lose of course an aircraft carrier and like a hundred to almost is it 200 aircraft i can't remember they, they lost a lot of aircraft um yes. majority of them the the torpedo bombers yeah and uh, of also, it's it's not talked about often, but the purpose of Midway was twofold. It was a naval engagement for a decisive naval battle to take out the American Pacific Fleet. And, uh, well, the Army pushed this one. They wanted to invade Midway. This was the brainchild of Yamamoto. He was thinking this as he's going into Pearl Harbor. Yeah. He's going to lure out the American carrier fleet, the ones that remained uh, 
but the fleet that remained after Pearl Harbor. So I guess in this hypothetical scenario, Pearl Harbor happens the way it did. Well, Pearl Harbor was highly yeah. successful. We yeah. in the last podcast and we like, asked if even if they did more, it wouldn't have changed anything. It, in the hypothetical last episode, we said, what if Pearl Harbor was even more successful? Yeah. And so, it, it's a matter of changing six months out of commission to a year, maybe. So maybe you know. Midway happens six months later. Let's, let's I actually know. Like I think Mid, Midway should happen let, where let, it, let's it go, happens. Let's go off of the rules. The Battle of Coral Sea happened. Because that, yeah. that, that, that's important for leading up to Midway is because this was kind of like Japan was given a freebie. This was not in the Yamamoto's plans, the absolute success of uh, the first uh, Battle of the Coral Sea, uh, taking out one carrier and crippling another. That was not in his war strategies at all when it came to his Midway plans, because he expected in the Battle of Midway, he's going to be bringing all the American carriers, including the Lexington and the Yorktown. And ultimately, at the first Battle of uh, Coral Sea, Lexington was sunk, the Yorktown was crippled to the point where the japanese believed yorktown was out of commission for the significant future and ultimately the yorktown uh limped back to pearl was repaired in miracle repair like you you cannot say like the the engineers are telling uh nimitz uh it's going to take uh six months (laughs) to repair it and he Nimitz turns around and says, you have three, three days. days. And they leave on the ship and repair it yeah. as it goes. As the battle is happening, as they're launching aircraft in the Battle of Midway, they're still doing critical repairs on it. Yeah. The unsung heroes, eh? It's just like the Seabees in the, the Pacific War. They're the uns- Well, actually, I think they get a lot of glory now, but in the, in the beginning, the unsung heroes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Midway has to happen at the same time. Yeah. I, the only thing I would give it, like... F- we don't even, honestly, even with the code being broken, Midway is a colossal freak accident. The yeah. Japanese it's easily could have won. Like I was saying, like Coral Sea is a, a blessing that lands in the lap of the Japanese. Yeah. Midway is a blessing that lands in the lap the of Americans. the Americans that just circumstances unfold in their favor that nobody really could have predicted. It's or, a lot of luck. It's a um, lot of luck. It would, as the uh, the bombings of Midway are, well, let's start from the beginning. What happens at Midway? Uh, the Kido Butai launches their uh, their strike uh, bombers and fighters to start leveling Midway, preparing for the amphibious assault. And it was uh, was it Genda, uh, Captain the Commander Genda, who um, uh, messaged uh, Nagumo that another sortie is required to pacify and then they Midway. and that they didn't see much land-based aircraft they, saw, they saw zero land-based air- aircraft because they were incoming and that should have been the thing yeah. uh something's up why well, nagumo sent search planes he he's like okay something's going on here but they misidentified multiple times he kept stressing is it a carrier and they're like it's a force we don't know if it's a carrier and then eventually like okay it's a carrier and nagumo's like but even then like that that this is their earliest warning when you see no no long-range bombers nothing on the airfields nothing yeah the americans all their uh all their aircraft are somewhere else that should have been the wake-up call okay because if they're doing drills or whatever they do not send every aircraft up at the same time 
They, these well, are they knew, large, they knew, yeah. these are large scale operations. If every aircraft is in the air, that means something is going on. And that's when should have been the wake up call. Oh, okay. They know we're here. They should have just peeled off. Yeah, they really should have. And I mean, the, I'm going to get into it later. I was surprised to know this. The invasion aspect of this is a blunder of its own. They probably would have not taken Midway. And I, I mean, by a, an absolute long shot. If they invaded Midway at the time that they were doing it, it was a landslide victory for the American land forces. I mean, mind you, the naval engagement, as we're saying, like, okay, the United States the, Navy is destroyed. That was the ultimate objective. Was no, the, I, no, no, the naval victory. Well, you, you got to take victory. Midway because Midway is the Americans' only, like, most Western It's not as useful as launch you point. It's very big small. Air, it's big a very small fields. island. Big airfields, though. Big airfields. That's but all that matters. The thing is, it doesn't give you a beachhead really for oahu hawaii you still can't do much there no but it denies your enemy denies your enemy, to those yeah. airfields that denies them land-based aircraft in that vicinity and yeah. the japanese war uh strategy was in their defensive uh circle around but, uh, japan was have airfields everywhere so you have yeah. a mobile aircraft surface fleet and you have airfields everywhere and everyone working in co uh, cohesion the thing is they can't have it because Let's say they let let's say they win the engagement, and they kill the Americans. How do you hold it? Where's your fuel? Yeah. Your home islands are here. Yeah. It's midway. It's called midway for a reason. How are the Americans not going to take it back? I don't instantaneous? think. I like, don't think they would uh, uh, use it as no like, for they, airfield. Uh, it would be a small no, they, little they, base. Bunker down and just deny it from the Americans. Garrison, as as like you, yeah, a few Garrison thousand, a few thousand guys. Uh, probably, yeah. Bunkered down as the Japanese Actually, proved it's, that they it's, are extremely successful in the other islands of really like thinking outside the bag how to make these for, uh, small islands absolute fortresses. You know, actually, the more I think about it, it's more like Kiska. So they, they take one of like those Alaskan islands like they did. That's basically Midway. They Not many people are going to be on it. And if the Americans contest, well, they're going to get it. And the Japanese know. And what can they do? They can't logistically do anything. It's too far away. They don't have the fuel or, or capability of really surrounding or holding it. So, yeah. We, we really are jumping forward. I know. Like, we, uh, okay, we, we, we need to go back to yeah. the, the, the prelude to Midway. Um... So let's talk about... The Japanese, part two. The Japanese win the Battle of Midway, which in, is really inevitable, like they should have. But how? Ah, well. I mean, I, well, let's, okay, let's, because um, we do have to tackle that. Yeah. So let's just say there, there, there's many ways that it can be done. You see that land, the, the land based aircraft are not there, warning flag in Nagumo's head. Uh, ultimately, like, what is the downfall of the Kido Butai in this battle is. He is stuck in transition of changing weapons, yes. changing weapons from um, uh, naval weapons to surface weapons, okay. back to naval weapons. So let's that problem. He does. Is not there. He actually because Nagumo was an old guy and he had the old mentality that you have to go by rigid code and command. You don't do piecemeals in the you Japanese. You don't launch yeah. 12, yeah. Uh, 12 aircraft. You launch everything so at once. Do you want to say that Nagumo had a few beers? as we have today and nagumo's like yeah outfit them for a carrier battle no land we're not going to hit the second wave we are going to prepare and then he sends them off well he had half his force ready for yeah naval engagement and then he got he received the the message uh 
that okay another uh, sortie is required to pacify the island and so then he started the transition of switching from um anti-naval weapon like anti-ship uh, torpedoes and bombs over to ground weapons and then minutes like not long after yeah. he received uh reports that american carriers in the vicinity and then okay switch back and they're already halfway through switching worse yeah war situation a, a powder keg because everything is literally on the hangers ready to just blow up with whatever the, gets the film midway has a really good, good scene, scene of that that just the guy in the hangar looking around at all the armaments that is like you got to remember as you're switching weapons you take the uh your armaments your bombs your torpedoes off of the racks and that yeah. and now they're just left out in the open whereas beforehand carriers already a power ke- uh, powder keg they're they're stashed in a way that it's less likely that yeah. once one explodes it'll hit another section of the ship where armaments are stored but in this case they were just everywhere so one hits and the entire boat will go up so let's say that never happens he never goes into the nagumo dilemma he never switches good for him that that (laughs) wave comes back those ones are immediately outfitted to uh um naval weapons but as midway is happening like those ship uh those aircraft weren't even able to land you know based off the premises that you've made the reports immediately from the offset okay there's no planes on midway and nagumo just says in his head wait a minute who are you there's and i mean he knew he even said there has to be carriers around and it was his greatest fear right and he's like okay i'm just gonna put my feet down we are not doing a second wave into midway we are going to prepare for a carrier battle nice that's what he does and the americans regardless of his decisions are already incoming because they had already yep they had already launched at that point so the cap could be stronger now for the japanese because, I mean, their anti-aircraft guns were not going to help. They're shit. No, Only the cat. And here, here, here's the kicker in my mind that wins Midway. And one of the reasons that they lost is they expended all their zeros. Exactly. On the torpedo bombers, which was completely unnecessary because the torpedo bombers were going into, uh, like, <laughs> doesn't into matter their runs. <laughs> and the escort vessels just had them lined up like ducks in a barrel. <laughs> uh, and, but... The, the, the blood-hungry Zero pilots, they were not missing this opportunity to get a kill. All of them just it's pre- it's prestige lost, too. It's lost prestige. their high-altitude positions to go down to uh, you know water level almost and take down these uh, torpedo bombers. And as soon as they had finished mopping up the torpedo bombers, that's when the different waves of yeah. uh, dive bombers started coming in from different directions and they had not nearly enough zeros at high altitude at that point to counter this threat so it was ultimately dive bombers landing unimpeded on the japanese uh carriers now let's say the zeros had a little bit more discipline (laughs) they are disciplined they're they're very disciplined but but they're also hungry it's a prestigious thing you want to knock out the yes of course you want that stripe on the side of your your aircraft and let's be honest they're we have the foresight of knowing these are incoming forces they don't know that there's another incoming force like maybe it's just a torpedo bomb i don't know what do they think the americans are doing they they can't predict the american formation is going to be 
Because, you know, they're only taught certain things that are, like, from and back the, in the 20s, And it maybe. was pure fluke. The Americans didn't even know where the Japanese were. And they just simultaneously... At the same time, yeah, it's crazy. They, they, yeah. This is, like... It's magic. You cannot yeah. get more of a miracle than that. That's why everyone loves this battle so much. It's, it's such a... It, sorry. For the historic, F-bomb, it's a clusterfuck. Historically, yeah. historically, a victory does not land in your lap like that. Yeah. But, uh, so the, the zeros are up there, high altitude. The dive bomber waves are coming in, but now all of a sudden, there's a swarm of zeros up there as well. Those dive bombers do not have the time, nor uh, I'm trying to say is like now all of a sudden there is retaliation to the the dive bombers. They do not have this free entrance into into the carriers unimpeded making the most perfect shots because you have all the time in the world and that it's just the the aa guns from the, the ducks, carriers yeah. and you know like every single carrier has that big red uh big red dot aim for that yeah yeah well they but now all of a sudden decks. while you're going into your dive bomb run you have a squad of zeros coming in from your left you got a squad of zeros coming in from your right and you're just okay you're you're starting to panic your aim is off. You you launch your dot uh, your bomb five hundred uh, feet off to the right. You pull out, and the zeros clean you up. The zeros would clean up. Uh, it's gonna be all bad. Yeah, and the zeros, the the few survivors that are going back to their carriers, the zero, like I don't know. It's gonna be a few valves or something gonna follow them. They're gonna find those carriers immediately, and the kid of is going and to also lay now. Waste. We do not have the the Nugumo dilemma, which stopped a lot of zeros from returning because not only was he stuck refitting yeah, his, his, his strike aircraft cap running it was either i refit all my aircraft or i let my zeros come back in refit go back out and he did he couldn't do anything he was stuck yeah but now he can yeah Those zeros and, are yeah fresh. he did and that um that stalled the refitting another 45 minutes and so you know your every single one of your carriers is can still because the japanese okay and when he's attacking these other the u.s aircraft carriers again the gumo is an old style guy that's okay it's not even it's not going to be a piecemeal he's going to do a full-scale launch the freaking american carrier force is going to get absolutely destroyed look one carrier got its wing off yeah and one carrier got its wing off and it was the um uh was it the Akagi? Well, it's not important, but uh, it was uh, ultimately the carrier went down later on. But it was the last surviving carrier after that strike of the like the big strike from the Americans. Oh, the Hiryu. Uh, the Hiryu yeah. was the last one that tried to salvage yeah. the situation. Yeah. And it, it was able to launch off a limited wing, uh, last ditch effort, yeah. and that limited uh, uh, air component ended over the the Yorktown and just obliterated the shit out of it. I mean, the Yorktown got I mean, so the Yorktown, smashed up. But yeah. The Yorktown survived. But it's a limping. Like, limping yeah, yeah, limping. And then, like, ultimately, I think it was a submarine that took it out later on. But uh, Yeah, ironically, yeah. But uh, there was few Japanese losses from that, uh, that launch. It just shows, like, imagine a full air compliment i don't going. think it's any question that they're taking out the american fleet and they're badly taking him out so let, yeah. here let's get past okay, they win they, they win the naval battle that is midway and i don't want i mean that's I'm gonna, that's the easy enterprise that's the hornet yeah. that's the yorktown all down they're gone and 
going by the actual history, what was supposed to happen, and, you know, Yamamoto didn't want this to happen. It was kind of, what do you call it? He was negotiating with the mil- with the army about... Yeah, and this was like... They had to invade. Because this was another, like, gamble of Yamamoto, and in order to be, like, given the approval of this operation, it had to have an army element to it. So they had to invade uh, Midway Atoll. And ironically, and I had to look this up myself because I found this funny. When I found out, I, I said to myself, okay, I need to look at the numbers. What's going to happen when they invade Midway? Because a lot of people were saying, especially uh, the book Shattered Sword, of course, says it's a massacre. They, the Japanese don't even manage anything in the Midway Atoll. And there's a good reason for it, and you'll find out. But I, I was looking at the names, and I was like, who's in command of the forces that's leading the invasion? And it's Ichiki. The guy, if people really know their Pacific War history, that was in charge of one of the landings in Guadalcanal and got his entire force annihilated in one of the most embarrassing defeats in Japanese history. And this guy's in charge of the 5,000 Japanese soldiers that are going to attack an island that has basically the same amount of forces defending it in unbelievable conditions. Pillboxes, 7-inch guns, 5-inch guns. And it's a fortress. To make it's things an absolute yeah, fortress. Make things worse. There's a freaking raised reef barrier 200 yards around the atoll. So they got to drop Kai's off and they're going to go through the water nice and slow. We're talking the movie Saving Private Ryan. D-Day times a thousand. They are shot up to pieces. The, there is no taking the island. Their only saving grace in this scenario is, is the Air Force. Is the Air Force from the Kido Butai. It's because now they've dealt with the carriers. Now they can fit You can them. only do so much damage with the Air Force against yeah. its pillboxes. Because you're limited to 500, 1,000 pound bombs. Yeah, that's that's the thing. People need to realize this. These are not heavy bombers. These are bombs. A lot of the munitions used at that time, they're they're more high explosive. They're not uh you know uh deep penetrating yeah. munitions, you know, like designed for taking out pillboxes Be- or bunkers. Before or, we did this podcast, I mean you, and that that uh that proves so uh later on in the war between the Americans and the Japanese as the Jap- uh, Americans are invading Japanese islands and they'll uh, bombard a, an island for weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. Bomb, bomb the incredible hell out of it. And then they they show up on the island and it's like Japanese aren't even phased because they're all underground. And yeah. So it, it would be a similar scenario for the Americans in this case. But for the excuse of alternate history, we... I feel, even though, and I'm telling you right now as the audience, they're not taking Midway in 42 during the Battle of Midway. Perhaps if they come back, because logistically with the force that they had, it's it's impossible. It's really, even with the Air Force, because they're losing so many, so many aircraft are going to get destroyed during it. Maybe if they come back, they could take it. But I, I just, I don't, let's say they take it. They're, they can't hold it because they yeah. can't surround, even with the United States Pacific Fleet being as completely destroyed as it is from the battle of midway they simply aren't taking midway it's too far away logistically you you got to remember midway is that and it's it's a good name for the island it's a middle middle point in the pacific and it's right close enough to oahu think about that logistic line all the aircrafts on oahu guess what the fuck they're going to do as soon as your ships who have to leave because you don't have the fuel and you can't sit around leave the American submarine fleet. I was all... just about to bring up the American submarine oh God, fleet. All nightmare. of a sudden, has a uh, logistic line that they're gonna prey upon. Yeah, because if you thought this was oh, Midway is a beachhead to take Oahu. Oahu 
1942 has like a hundred thousand regular military personnel now tank battalions it's stored to the teeth the japanese with everything they got couldn't hope to take it because they got what what they would do is it would be bait yeah and this would this was yamamoto's ultimate plan after the success of midway was okay we knocked out the american navy now officially but officially the juggernaut is still rolling it's producing carriers it's repairing its vessels yamamoto knew that if he destroyed this american force another one's gonna come and it's not gonna take very long this is all part of the plan but his force is technologically and numerically superior at that point and he would address each incoming fleet periodically and his idea was okay we're just going to stay technologically superior they'll just keep throwing a new fleet at us we take that fleet out and we just we, we just keep doing that until they sue for peace so i'll bring this up right away yamamoto's grand vision would have been complete had the battle of midway been done because his whole plan was number one we're going to do this raid in Pearl Harbor to knock out what hopefully is the Pacific fleet or more or less most of it. Number two, Nanshinron. We got to get the resources, everything in the Dutch East Indies, all blah, 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 you know, Malaya, Singapore, everything has to go according to plan. Then number three, decisive naval victory, which would have been midway. Yeah. Then he said to himself, I hope at that point, the United States will come to a position where it'll come to the table and negotiate for a peace. Is it worth like fighting that's, for this victory on their their side like, that is the plan and he himself he, didn't think it was going to happen he i mean he, he really thought the united states is not going to sue for peace there's no way why would they they were galvanized and Ga- pearl harbor yeah. galvanized them into winning the war at all costs and then people you know i'm sorry the audience is probably screaming at me at the comments had japan won the battle of midway some people are going to say oh well isn't FDR's government going to collapse? I mean, this is a, a tremendous blunder. How are they going to come back from this? Well, they're not, I mean, maybe they don't even take Midway Island. That could be a, a minor victory, you could say. But I don't it's think... It's so inconsequential yeah. in the grand scheme of things, holding Midway or not. It's it's knocking out that fleet. That's the only thing that mattered. For the United States, I don't think this is breaking the FDR's cabinet or his government. I He's not saying anything to the Japanese. They're on they're back in the war nothing's happening that way and we're continuing and then it comes down to the issue of productivity it, it i gotta say it might enrage eisenhower oh, not eisenhower it's, gonna, at this point. it's gonna enrage churchill because all of a sudden the americans are uh because well, we're gonna talk about america europe promised first, yeah. america promised europe first and at that There's point a it's like, okay effect, well yes. yeah well all this this entire scenario is butterfly effect but I wanted to establish this, that beyond a doubt, I do not believe they are going to the peace table. I I, I do no. not think they're negotiating. No. No. Absolutely not. If anything, they're just going to ramp up efforts slightly, a little bit more efficient with more emphasis on the Pacific. Now, it has to be said here, here and now, the United States didn't ramp up its production until early 43. And when it did, in the words of another guy, they're pulling out a carrier about every two months. 
That's and these are up to date, top of the line carriers. If you thought those numbers were incredible, imagine this scenario in desperation. I think those numbers could even go up, but they're good enough. So the United States is building a brand new Pacific fleet every year. It's not not happening. And Yamamoto had planned to knock out every single said fleet. And you know what? I don't think the United States is going to engage them all willy-nilly again because they just lost turtle? Would they turtle up and turtle up? uh, Okay, let's let's wait till we're numerically advantageous. But this slows down the entire war effort everywhere else. The war is going longer for sure. Now, as people who watch this and aren't listening on Podbean, they'll notice I'm looking at my laptop a lot right now. This is where I had to scramble into production notes and everything. I really wanted to look into this. I'm thinking to myself, I read Shattered Sword. Shattered Sword had a lot to say about the scenario. But, like, what happens at Midway is a loss for the Americans. Like, there's so many things that are are in the world going on that are going to change. And a big one is the Europe first strategy as it was. So 15% in the United States basically the united states is sending 50 percent of its war materials into the pacific they're keeping 15 percent at land base but yeah naval and aircraft wise they were sending a lot to the pacific well thing. and in, churchill, in general churchill pacific. was up in arms in the first few uh the first uh year of the war because yeah but he felt europe. like he was being neglected in europe yeah. that the states was and, and it was admiral king that admiral king looked at the situation as like look we can't they should be we cannot operate in the yeah. Pacific without we cannot operate a war in the Pacific without this minimum threshold. Yeah. So in our timeline, 70% went to Europe, the Europe first strategy. If Midway is a, is a success for the Japanese, what does this actually mean? Does it mean that the United States will now tip the favor to the Pacific? Or do they go full blown into Europe? And that's actually a unique question. A lot of people have a lot of ideas in that. I looked through a lot of... Yeah, uh, I suppose that could go either way. I, I actually looked into a lot of historians who talked about this. And I found one interesting point, And it was, if the, United, if the United States decides to pull more percentage of its war materials in the Pacific, there's a big, big situations that won't occur in our timeline. Like um, the WASP being uh, the, the carrier WASP being used in like something like the Mediterranean, like Malta could be taken by the Axis powers because it won't be there. The WASP will be in the Pacific because it's necessary. It needs to be there because they're going to operate in there still. And this changes a lot of the course of the Atlantic Mediterranean seas. And it, it's a butterfly effect. And this is way too much for a podcast to talk about, but like, it's, it's crazy, you know? Actually, uh, it would really leave the Aleutian Islands open. People forget about that. Like, yeah, how, much there. Uh, like, yes, the west coast of the states, very far from Japan, but the Aleutian Islands and Alaska, somewhat close to Japan. And this one is a big one I want to bring up because I wasn't aware of this until I did some research. In 1942, Secretary of War Henry Stimson was under pressure because of Churchill, who, you know, because they were refusing to do the early cross-channel attack of D-Day, right? Yeah. Like The United States wasn't pulling together everything, and even Britain didn't want to do it against Germany. So Stimson was in a pinch in 1942, and he began to push for a defensive stance in Europe and for a more Pacific-first strategy. So he was, on, he was beginning to say, hey, can we go more towards the Pacific? 
which, you know, Churchill probably had a heart attack and downed a few scotches, but FDR vetoed it because of the Battle of Midway success. The Battle of Midway success happened when this, uh, when Simpson was talking to him. So if the Battle of Midway is not a success, could Stimson get his wish to pull more resources into the Pacific? And King is and King is Admiral of the entire Navy, Pacific and Atlantic, and he's pushing hard. For Very this. underappreciated Admiral, uh, by the way. Uh, with contention from uh, General Marshall, his counterpart yeah. in the Army. Uh, so. If they put more assets into the Pacific, it means, cause you know, like look, look at this as a balance scale. And I mean, I'm doing things with my hands right now. I'm realizing most of my audience is audio listeners is silly. You can hear the hands. Things in Europe are gonna go worse. Uh, the North African campaign is not gonna go as well. Uh, Malta could fall. There's a lot of things that could happen if they pull into the Pacific. If they pull everything out of the Pacific, which I kind of would do if I was in their circumstance and you went Europe first, my God, maybe Germany falls even earlier. It's it's this is a huge weird butterfly effect. Like but this is all also like, well, you're talking about uh, Malta. Where does the Kido Butai go next if it doesn't yes. lose four carriers at Midway? I want this is to a look six carrier. Uh, well, the Kido Butai is technically eight carriers. But let's say those six carriers, where do they go next? I'm guessing they're going to harass the Mediterranean. And imagine... No, not that far. Not that far. It's too much. The Indian Ocean. Wait, Indian Ocean. And from there, you're hitting Egypt. You're all of a no, sudden... No, 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 no. Not Egypt. Come on. The, the British had a navy in the Mediterranean, and then they had land-based aircraft. You can't just attack those. What I think it is... It opens up the war for the Kitabutai versus that area. And now, all of a sudden, the North Africa campaign for the Allies is a different story. Well, yes. And for a very important reason, if the United States Navy is destroyed at the Battle of Midway, Australia is in a very bad position. Mm. And who is the backbone in the North African campaign? The Australians were making the difference. If they have to pull back to potentially protect their homeland, which will never be attacked because Japan could never actually attack Australia. It's ridiculous. Too many snakes and scorpions. And exactly. Kangaroos. Nat, nat, the kangaroo. Yeah, it's a very Australia's number one defender. Uh, let's not forget the Great Emu War or the Great uh, American uh, Kangaroo War. I learned about it on What's the Grand Theft Auto Three. Oh, geez. okay, yeah. So Australia might have to pull back most of its forces to protect the homeland, and North Africa go, could go differently. But from what I can gather, I, I really want to look at all the places Japan failed to take that it wanted. They're going to win now because the, the Americans aren't involved. So Ceylon, uh, today it's Sri Lanka. They're taken. Big, big blow to the, Brit to the British. New hybrids, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga. Uh, Guadalcanal isn't happening in, no, maybe for another year. If... How, how do you move amphibious landing vessels without a fleet to support it? Moresby. All of that. Moresby's gone. Yeah, yeah. More, Moresby's gone. Uh, is Australia uh, invaded? No. The Japanese... No absolutely consolidate their defensive ring on the pacific absolutely and then gives them the opportunity to not be on the because after midway 
they go on the defense. They are never on the offense ever again. Good point. Victory victory disease is bigger and badder. They could lose somewhere else. Well, I mean, there's no one really to take the Navy down, but they could go after, they could chew a target so big. Imagine like, because, you know, the IGA were the idiots who thought they could attack Australia. If they actually did, which is impossible, numeric, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense in numbers. No, sorry. No, they, they can't attack Australia. It doesn't make sense. But they could attack all sorts of places. They could establish they a greater zone. cut off defense. Australia. Because it's the, um, the lifeline for Australia is coming from the States. But the Japanese... That, that, uh, that supply lifeline. Yeah. And it was uh, kept in, um, in service by Admiral Fletcher of the Americans uh, post Pearl Harbor. Like he, he pushed his carriers there. That was the first thing he did when Roosevelt told uh, Nimitz, get your carriers out of Pearl, don't come back. It was Fletcher. He went and secured that supply line. And eventually the Coral Sea is a, a byproduct of that because they want to be able to strangle that. Now the Americans have no forces to secure that supply line. Australia is cut off. I, I they, mean, they may not invade Australia, but Australia is cut off. I've even read reports of people asking, "Would Australia sue for peace?" And I don't, I don't, I simply can't see it happening. They they wouldn't sue for peace, but they're not sending troops anywhere, As, especially in North Africa. That's actually the crucial thing. Is the North? As I'm getting at, like midway, the first consequence of it would be North Africa is an entirely different campaign. And I, I have to admit, I, I'm not a specialist when it comes to the North African campaign, but I thought if the Australians are protecting their homeland, that means like Alamein is falling and all this. But I'm reading people on forums who are much more credible than me. And they're saying, even if the Australians are not there, they thought the British would probably still hold a lot of the places. So I'm like, I, I guess maybe the United States could even push more in the Atlantic to get more troops in Algeria to come over. Like I maybe North Africa isn't a lot. Maybe the Desert Fox isn't winning that. But that's if they're given this, uh, you know, like given that go ahead to go for a Af- North Africa campaign. Yeah. Or if they're going to try and take back the Pacific. Or are they just going to cut their losses, say the Pacific's a loss. We're going to roll up Europe. And then we'll deal with Japan after. And then at that point, Japan has their hold so fucking firm, pardon my French, on uh, the Pacific. Like, we, we look at um, the invasions of the, the Japanese, like, home islands, uh, like, their, their home territories in 44 and 45, how dug in they were. Yeah, now, give bad. them a few more years. I mean, it's happening, though. It's just years later. Think about how more extensive these trench networks and fortifications are. Yes, but I, they're not going to win. That's the thing, because just by the numbers, they're going to oh, yes. get... Because the Navy the Navy will be destroyed, and if um, the Navy's destroyed, they don't get supplies. They're dead in the islands. Guadalcanal or Death talking, Island, you know? We're talking like 47, 48 yeah. at that point. And, I, I actually want to bring this into like the big part three, which is the rabbit hole global history perspective. I saw some people that talked about this, and this is what raised some eyebrows for me. Okay, let's say things go crazy. Japanese win midway. They take all the places that I just said, like Samoa and all of them. They establish really firm beachheads, like you're saying, and it goes much longer. The United States is like, 
Europe first is the strategy that they were doing. And they said, okay, we're, we're going to go after Europe first. Still, Japan, the whole, the, the process of the Pacific War is still happening. It's years behind, or maybe four months behind, as a lot of people have indicated. And this is what's so interesting to me. The Manhattan Project finishes, and they're not close enough to hit mainland Japan. Mm. But all their bombers are coming from London to hit Germany. Do they nuke Germany? And a lot of people, historians, who look into the... Even forum people, like I'm not going to be saying they're all credible, are saying to themselves, in this circumstance, Berlin get a nuke? Does Berlin get nuked? And that Maybe. would stop the Soviets in their tracks. It's the same reason Japan was nuked, was to stop the Soviets. I know Americans don't like to hear that. That's the truth. Yeah, so absolutely. this changes the course of all history. The Soviets, freaking out, attack all of the Japanese assets in Asia. So we're talking about all of Korea, you know, Manchuria and all that. And they wipe them out. I mean, there was no, the Japanese had nothing to, to fight the Soviets. We're seeing a whole different world order. It's actually similar to our last podcast, though. Japanese main islands can't be attacked by the Russians, and the Japanese Navy is alive. So this is actually I, interesting. I mean, diplomatically, would there be a sue for peace, and dare I say an alliance between the Empire, empire of Japan, not Japan, but the, the empire, empire of Japan. of Japan would live on and sue for peace? and an alliance with the states because who is the ultimate enemy of japan communism that was the biggest issue for the japanese and now they actually have the enemy that they foresaw and they say to the lumbering beast which is the americans hey you're about to pretty much defeat us uh we're gonna surrender to you on the condition you let our emperor you know emperor live and the americans are like uh pay us a gajillion who knows what the, the reparations are for this terrible war and it's going to be awful but we're looking at a you allow war. you allow us to operate within your borders it's the same as we're seeing and in our then, yeah, because yeah. then all of a sudden you you skip having to take space and uh, the yeah. empire gives you access to their airfields in close proximity to russia and russian assets and all of a sudden that you have Germany was just nuked by the Americans, and they would draw. They they would they would kill Hitler immediately, and they would drop the war immediately because they'd be like, "Look, the communists are a bigger threat. You just made Berlin a wasteland, and maybe I don't even poor poor people in Dresden are probably getting nuked. Who knows? It's gonna be awful. Maybe it's one nuke. Who know? I don't even know. I mean, and you know what? It's gonna be Churchill who says, "Do it. Kill him now." I shouldn't. Do it. Think of the emperor he is. It's gonna be awful. Never have more nukes been needed than oh, they just... are. We will nuke the beaches. <laughs> we will nuke the cities. We will nuke the fields. It's gonna be just awful. Why don't he's even be like, hey, do you have one left for India? And then FDR's like, what? <laughs> We will nuke India. Uh, I'm sorry, Indian audience. I'm just uh, cracking a joke at the obvious. If, you know, Churchill was terrible to India. It's uh, it's unforgivable what happened. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, that's the ultimate. I mean, that, 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 that. that's that's the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, like uh, there's there's so many what if like scenarios and ultimately like the American carrier fleet being taken out at Midway really opens the door to so much possibility. But inevitably in the grand scheme of things, I if if the states wanted to like continue the war against the empire, yeah, the states is gonna win. They're gonna roll up. They're gonna roll up. They're gonna keep rolling out. One uh, one point I I did want to mention earlier though, and is one of the successes for American uh victories later on in the war is at midway they they have so many great veteran pilots these are their veteran pilots yeah, the, and yeah, they course. after midway they start getting circulated back into the the training system uh uh back at home and they they start training the next generation of pilots and they they just keep going through and a lot of tactics came out uh, from Coral Sea and Midway, and I, and I forget the name of uh, McCluskey. Um, it's not McCluskey. It's another commander, and he's the one who came up with the um, uh, like how to deal with zeros with inferior aircraft. The oh, uh, with the with the cat uh, with Wildcats. Yeah, like how you it was go a whole a, yeah. yeah, it was this whole uh, technical thing, and yeah. um, like pilots like these are now gone, and so the veteran pilots of the Americans yeah. are gone. There's there's no one really to train. Like they're gonna keep going from the book rather than uh, people who it's gone suck, from the yeah. book and like say, okay, that didn't actually work. Um, now instead, the Japanese can now start rotating pilots back home, training their next generation of uh, pilots, which never happened because they lost majority of their pilots, their veteran pilots, and these are the best pilots in the world. They lost majority of them at Midway because they had nowhere to land, and they just land in the ocean and die in the ocean. And yeah, think about think about that. Like it, it does reinvigorate the Japanese carrier force for the next few years that they do start a program of training pilots, rather than getting kamikaze pilots or amateur pilots that the americans well that was necessity yeah near near the end of the war the americans like they were they were disgusted with themselves when they they went into uh uh dog fights with the japanese they said it was like shooting children well it was children these guys didn't know how to they were given a few weeks especially the kamikaze pilots weren't even given adequate the aircrafts were just jimmy rigs but they weren't there to do anything else it was awful and I mean, like, we didn't really go into it much, but uh, Guadalcanal is like a, it's not really what it was for our, our timeline. It's completely uh, different. The Marine Corps. Think about, think about the impact yeah, the on the Marine Corps, because the Marine Corps got their start in the Pacific War. Like, well, I don't think it, just because the United States carriers are taken out doesn't mean they don't sneak units from australia and the united states on the guadalcanal they do not have large-scale amphibious invasions happening either did the japanese and they did it no but they can't support it at all they're going to be in basically in the same circumstances as the japanese it's terrible logistics garbage logistics well it was it was terrible to begin with for the american marines in the you know our current timeline and that like yeah uh in this uh 
the real like world. butterfly you know <laughs> yeah. but in this butterfly effect world uh the marines do not have the support necessary to carry off uh their no their large-scale invasions they don't have supplies. small scale perhaps no uh, support bombard- no and, bombardments no nothing you know, in best case scenarios well like as history tells like it, it was terrible for the marines as it was yeah. now it's going to get way worse it's still bad for the Japanese. well they, it, it's better for the japanese though because maybe now they'll have food on the islands <laughs> and will not resort to cannibalism as much yeah that was a really bad one guadalcanal on the death islands and uh yeah new guinea well stating that i actually i'm looking at the time i think we reached a 45 minute right. angler but uh i i think the best thing that we got to was America going Europe. It's it's really different because yeah. just because you've defeated these naval assets doesn't mean that the United States Japan never had plans of invading. The, they can't, the, they can't the even states. take Hawaii. Like, like I know the man in the high castle. Like it's so ridiculous. I said no, it's not. It's not feasible. I I asked it, our guest if he wanted to. I don't do an know enough about high, uh, man in high castles to say, but I like I know enough to say. It's so funny. No, it's so funny. They, you. They, they 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 basically the premise of the history behind the man in the high castle is j- the spirit of Bushido basically allows the Japanese to attack the West Coast. It's ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm just imagining like you know the Japanese invading like Compton and that and. No. Like, come on. Like, California is, California is not what it is today. It's, Everyone has guns in the States. Yeah, this is not happening. It's funny that we're making these arguments. We're not even American. We're like, uh, well, we're North American. Oh, yeah. Sure. We have more guns than America. Per capita. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe Alaska gets taken, but I mean, what are you going to well, do? Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, Aleutians, the Alaskans are within reach of. Um, yeah, you could take a lot. Yeah. But I mean, even Alaska is going to be I mean, what does that do for us also? Because we have uh, uh, the Yukon there and BC. What what do we actually, in 1940s, do we have anything there? The the Aleutian Islands wasn't a strategic gain if they got it in Midway, uh, after Midway, because that was the simultaneous plan happening at the same time. That's where the other two carriers were. Um, it, it, It was more for show. That we can hit you on your your home turf also. It's it's hard for me not to envision but, axes mean, and allies right now. Like I'm looking at I'm like thinking of my axes and allies. It's a board game. Sorry for those. I, I, I would love to see the Empire coming through like oh, our, our tundra and stuff. Oh my, yeah, like, no, no. Man. Come on. Like they can't if, if they struggle against the Russians in their winter, they're not gonna have a fun time in ours because we're very similar, if not worse. Like good luck learning from the few groups of the you know the Inuktitut speaking people up there how to survive in that wilderness you're not gonna at the Japanese are not gonna do well up there it's like speaking of winter like we're minus 35 and we're only in southern Canada like That's up true. there like come on like my car it took a, a while to start today if you want if you want a little knowledge about Canadian winter it's this, kind of rough this war this, this is war. this war is terrible all right, so uh, that's been uh, the third episode of this ongoing stuff. Uh, I really hope the audience likes this. I hope you attack me without mercy in the comments. But guess what? YouTube said that you can't see the like or dis- or dislike button anymore. So I can't, I can know how you feel about me, but 
No one else can like, see it. Like or dislike, I'll still sleep at night. Don't worry. No, but please pelt us with more questions about all of the goofy stuff that you want to hear because I got my friend Ian, I got tons of others, even uh, some people doing interviews. We're going to tackle every question you can think of because I'm really going to try and hit this while it's hot with uh, my personal channel because I know a lot of you are from Kings and Generals and I still am going to do for the next four years the Pacific War podcast week by week. Don't you worry. Diligently writing that and it's taking up all my life, all of my life. (laughs) Well, it was a lot of fun doing this. Yep. I, I gotta say, this this was this is a topic that I've been trying to do for a very long time. And uh, the next topic will be, uh, let's see, what's, how bad was Dragon Ball Evolution? What's <laughs> what's the best way to make a upside down pineapple cake? Oh, until next time. <laughs>